Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I mean, honestly, at this point, who you know, doesn't like a little three-way? I started out part-time here. It's, I'm feeling full-time. <laughs> This month I'm feeling very full time, but happy. What day is it? Thursday. Today is Thursday. Thirsty Thursday. Well, I'm I'm sober, so oh. mocktail. Mock- thirsty. I mean, you can Thursday. still be thirsty and drink a. You can drink a sparkling water. You can drink <laughs> anything you know, to clench the thirst. But we're so happy to have you still listening and here, enjoying us wherever you are, either on your way home, either chilling at home, or just you know hanging out. We're just happy that you're here. With us here on Channel Q. We have so much coming up on today's show. I hope you are ready because we got tons to talk about. If you thought COVID was the only thing you had to worry about, think again because monkeypox has arrived. What should we all know? That's coming up later this hour. And then Biden is finally addressing the national shortage of baby formula. Uh, we have a political commentator joining us to break everything down about everything that's kind of going on politically around this because it can be quite confusing. And so parents, if you're listening, listen up because I know this is a big worry for so many parents across the country. Definitely. But Shar, talk to me a little bit because we haven't seen each other in seven years, three months, in two days, and 24 hours. Well, I just came from your hometown. <laughs> yes. I was, I was down at the Nashville. Okay. Shout out to the Gary. My cousin Kanara got married. Shout and I had, out. Had the time of my life. It looks like you had a good old time. But oh my gosh, tomorrow I'm going to go live. So if the listeners want to join me, uh-huh. I'll be live in the morning to tell you all the realty about Nashville, Tennessee. <laughs> shout out to Fifth She's and Broadway. She's not going to say anything that I probably haven't said <laughs> here, right here on the show. <laughs> shout out to Fifth and Broadway. But yeah, I, Ryan, I can't remember. the. It was a Cinco de Mayo. What is the last time that I saw yeah, you? Yeah, it was. Cinco de Mayo is holiday time. Oh my, it and, was. And here we are over. Over 10 days later. Yeah. Because it's March, what, 18? Yeah, because after that, I was in New York. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. But no, it's I'm super happy to have you back. And you're going to be with me today and tomorrow. Oh, yeah. So if you love you some Charge I Sell, you better tune in. Go ahead and do you bookmark it on the radio? I don't know. Maybe use the Heart It <laughs> in your Odyssey app because I know you have it on your phone. And if you have me like programmed on your on your radio in your car, keep us locked because, honey, it's about to be a good two days. That's all I'm offering is good two days. Always. Always. (laughs) Let's get into what's happening at the top of the hour, what's trending, everything you need to know. So... As health officials warn of rising COVID-19 infections and hospitalizations, the mayor of New York said the city would not reinstate mask mandates at this time. 
Are we shocked? He said, I'm proud of what we are doing. Um, I'm proud of what we are doing and how we are not allowing COVID to outsmart us. He said earlier, uh, Mayor, Eric, uh, Mayor, Mayor Eric Adams said in a um, news conference, he also said that we're staying prepared and not panicking. Um, he basically defended his stance, citing what he said were stable hospitalization numbers and deaths across the, uh, the city, as well as COVID-19 testing in schools. So he said... I'm not, I don't care about a mask. We're not doing it here in New York City. I mean, like you just said, are you surprised? No, I'm not. This mayor is so mixy, so backwards. I just, he's entertaining. He's entertaining. I mean, oh, God. look at the news cycle. He's actually the worst. He, like, no, actually the worst. He is. Um, well, Biden, he made an announcement earlier. Um, he invoked the Defense Protect, uh, Production Act in a major step to boost the supply of baby formula. Here he is making the announcement. We're actually talking about it um, more in depth uh, coming up in a few minutes. But here is what Biden had to say. I know parents all across the country are worried about finding enough infant formula to feed their babies. As a parent and as a grandparent, I know just how stressful that is. I want to provide a few updates on our work to get more formula into the United States and on the store shelves so it's available to you. Today, I'm invoking what they call the Defense Production Act to ensure that manufacturers have the necessary ingredients to make safe, healthy infant formula here at home. The Defense Production Act gives the government the ability to require suppliers to direct needed resources to infant formula manufacturers before any other customer who may have ordered that good. I'm also announcing Operation Fly Formula. That's to be able to speed up the import of infant formula and start getting more formula in stores as soon as possible. Well, all right. Um, well, I guess, you know, we can now expect we're wondering if this is what parents across the country have been waiting for. Also, the House, uh, they passed an emergency fund. How is this tied to everything going on? There's multiple things happening in the ba- the baby formula shortage world. And we have a political commentator joining us right after this. So don't go anywhere right now, though. I want to go ahead and throw it to some pop culture tea report. Oh. What's happening in your world? Char? Oh, my gosh. Well, you know what, friend? You anytime you can come. Stand under my umbrella, Ella, 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 A, A. Shout out to Rihanna, Robin, Rihanna Fenty. She's officially a mom. Woo! The Fenty Beauty owner gave birth to her firstborn child on May 13th. So shout out to Taurus season. You know? Oh my God, a Taurus baby? Oh, yes. Wow. Well, listen, I'm Earth Gang. Taurus is our Earth signs. Wow. So, Earth Gang. Now, uh, ASAP Rocky, who's her boyfriend and baby daddy, <laughs> is 33 from Harlem. And of course, we know Robin Rihanna Fenty is 34 from Barbados. Now, Page Six initially broke the news. They were the ones who revealed to us that Rihanna was pregnant. Do you remember when she was running around and all that oversized stuff trying to hide it from us? I do remember that. When And for a while, she actually did pretty well hiding it until she got way too big and you. You couldn't even know. Well, no, no, no. The Navy always clocked it. Yeah. The, the, did the, they? Oh, yes. The well, Navy. maybe I'm just not a part of the Navy then. I'm a fan, but I just, I felt like, you know, it was kind of her street style wear. It was what I thought she was, until it got too much where I was like, oh, sis, it's something's under there. I was loving her maternity fashions, but you know what? We do not know this baby's name, so I'm, I'm very nervous. But it's a boy. 
We know that it's a boy. Yeah. Uh, but wow. what do you think the name? Like, I can't even because you know celebrities get they do they, get, they get a pa- they get a pass they on get their creative very names. creative. Yeah. But yes, congratulations to Rihanna. She's now a mom, which sounds so weird to say, but you all want to stick around because coming up in the next hour, I got to tell you what Georgia Peach is shading another Georgia Peach. This is uh, Housewives news. All right, and we never get to talk about Housewives stuff because Sheer doesn't watch it, so I'm so happy. Oh, I always talk about Housewives stuff on this show. I know, but like, I mean, it just feels like we can't have her have like a in-depth oh, like a combo real about it. Well, this has to do with Kenya and Marlo. Ah! Yeah, we're talking about it. That is your T-Report. We got more on the hour every hour, especially we have uh, our headlines as well. So get ready for that. But let's keep this party going because we really need to talk about the Defense uh, Defense Production Act and what President Biden is doing for the baby formula shortage that is really just going out of control in this country. We have more coming up next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Now, as the midterms fastly approach, honestly, they're already here. The social media misinformation has already begun. And civic groups are calling for more to be done, especially on the one and only Facebook. Joining us to break down everything is staff writer at The Washington Post, Naomi Nix. Thanks so much for being on the show. Thanks for having me. Okay, so Naomi, it, it really is shocking, not really, um, that Facebook is already so behind on this when they should know around any election time they should be on top of this. What are you hearing? So, look, um, typically each cycle, Facebook will start talking about the new measures it might be taking to fight misinformation on its platform ahead of the election. Um, you know, but what civic groups are saying is, look, you know, the cycle has already begun. Misinformation, um, you know, about election rigging and voter fraud is already on the platform. We'd like you to kind of update us on your policies now. Um, and, you know, we fear that if you don't take even more measures to combat these issues, that you know, we might see a repeat of January 6th. Yeah, you know, every time these conversations bubble up, especially as it pertains to Meta, a.k.a. Facebook, a.k.a. Zuckerberg, (laughs) I Mm -hmm. just, I cringe at media literacy of the public. In what ways can people, I guess, be smarter this go-round when it comes to the election cycle and possible misinformation that Facebook may be pumping to folks? Yeah, I mean, look, if you... See something on Facebook and um, it's, you know, being posted by a source you've never heard of. You know, you should go and you should search um, for other credible news sources to see if, um, you know, other mainstream outlets are reporting the same thing. Um, the other thing, you know, I think is really critical um, is, you know, this year, uh, people are going to be voting in newly drawn lines because we just went through redistricting. Um, and so be sure, you know, people should be sure to check um, where they're supposed to vote, when they're supposed to vote, and who they're supposed to be voting for, you know, which race against official sources, um, like your local government, as opposed to things you see on Facebook. Because one thing people are nervous about is, that people will use redistricting, bad actors will use redistricting to confuse people about where they're supposed to be voting and when they're supposed to be voting. 
And so people should be very diligent to check that against, you know, the official government website. Yeah, and it does feel like, though, especially around midterms, it doesn't feel like there's as much uh, excitement from voters right Mm -hmm. now. And I I wonder, is that because everyone is just kind of, one, they're COVID fatigued. They are also just not interested in everything going on politically. Maybe they're politically fatigued. Is that a worry that either party has to worry about right now, especially on top of everything, trying to navigate misinformation about the big lie. Yeah, well, look, anytime um, there's an election and there's not a presidential race that usually results in lower turnout um, because, you know, a presidential race will generate excitement for candidates down the ballot. Um, And so that means, you know, in elections where there's less information, about um, local candidates, um, it, it can mean that people are more likely to be confused. And so that's why it's really important that people, um, you know, go to your local newspaper, right? Read your local newspaper, read up on what local newspapers are saying about your race and your community. And you shouldn't rely solely on information you're seeing posted on Facebook or Twitter or Reddit. Um, and and just be sure to check them against other sources, credible sources of information. Um, there's so much going on with, with, of course, rallying people, incentivizing people to really pay attention and participate in these elections because we all know that they have consequences. Hello, 2016. Um, in what ways are advocacy groups, you know, either contributing or taking away from this upcoming election cycle with midterms? Yeah, especially calling on Facebook to, to do better. Yeah, so there's specific things um, the advocacy groups you know, are doing. One thing I think we should expect um, to see is is more of them are going to be monitoring, including the campaigns, monitoring disinformation online and calling attention to it when they see it. Um, just because that disinformation can have, you know, real-world impact, you know, as we saw on January 6th when, when you know, people, thousands of posts flooded Facebook about, you know, the myth of election rigging Mm -hmm. and that claims that Joe Biden stole the election. And that, in part, contributed to the storming of the Capitol. Um, And so you can see advocacy groups respond to that. They're going to monitor that kind of content online. Um, They're also sort of calling on on tech platforms, it's not just Facebook, um, to take bolder actions, whether that it means... um, to add staffing to monitor potential misinformation or um, to make changes in their product that de-emphasize certain kinds of contact, yeah. content. And so, you know, it's those sorts of things that we'll probably be hearing more about as the cycle continues. Well, I hope to have you back on to break even further everything we're going to be seeing over this, you know, election cycle. Thank you so much for joining us. That was staff writer at The Washington Post, Naomi Nix. Thank you. 
All right, well, coming up next, we actually have to talk about this hilarious story of a patient being charged a ridiculous amount of money for crying during her doctor's appointment. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. I, I saw the bill. <laughs> I saw the bill. We're diving in. Up next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. You know, when people talk about the asteroid heading here, maybe they sh- it should come a little faster because at this point... You know that's what I've been asking for. <laughs> at this point, it's too much. First, we have COVID-19. Now we have something called the monkeypox because it was reported in Massachusetts. Um, and it's a rare case. Um, and I guess a man who recently traveled to Canada and health officials are looking into whether... It- it is connected to small outbreaks happening in Europe. Well, joining us to break down if we have anything to worry about, because it seems like we do, is Dr. Adaja, <laughs> who is a senior scholar at the Johns Hopkins Center for Health Security. We appreciate you always being on the show. Thanks for being here again. Sure. Thanks for having me. So what is monkeypox? Monkeypox is a viral infection related to the old smallpox that was eradicated. That was first described in monkeys, but is really endemic in Africa. And from time to time, we see infections imported in travelers. And it's a, it's a, you get a fever and you get this characteristic rash. You know, most cases are mild, although some cases can be severe. And what's unusual is that we're seeing transmission a little bit different with this outbreak than in the past, because it seems to be moving outside of those travel-related circles. Oh, oh my wow. goodness. It's, it's just a lot. So what is the probability? I know people are going to hate me for asking this question. What is the, the likelihood of this monkey pox thing getting out of, out of control and we we having another like pandemic on our hands? Well, how does it spread? Like, that's what I'm confused about. I guess that's so, a two so for one question. The chance that... To- <laughs> the, the chance that it causes a pandemic is zero. Um, monkey pox is a very different... Uh, virus than others that can cause pandemics. And, and it spreads through close contact, respiratory secretions, and also contact with animals. But the thing that is, that, that's really the, the chink in the armor of monkeypox is it's not contagious when you don't have symptoms, meaning that you, you can't just go around spreading it when you don't know you're sick. And all of the things we have that work against smallpox, the vaccine, which basically drove smallpox from this planet, work against monkeypox. And, and we've had outbreaks. In 2003, there were, you know, several dozen cases in the United States that were linked to animal importation and people getting exposed to infected prairie dogs. So it's not anything new. And we have kind of principles that we use to control these outbreaks by finding the cases, then doing contact tracing, and then vaccinating those contacts with smallpox vaccine. And that basically aborts these these types of outbreaks. Yeah. And I think the interesting thing that we're seeing, uh, according to HuffPost, they said investigators in Europe say most of the cases have been in gay or bisexual men and officials are looking into the possibility that some infections were spread through close uh, contact during sex. Is this uh, like a, a, a sexually <laughs> transmitted imagine? disease? And <laughs> is it turning into that way? Like, I guess, how is how are we seeing that when it comes to investigators seeing the connection or trying to find a connection to this? I think it's more likely the case that this is actually like exploiting sexual networks rather than actually being transmitted sexually, meaning there's lots of close contact that happen in those social and sexual networks that doesn't necessarily involve sex. It's not spreading through sex the way HIV does, but the close contact, skin to skin contact, the respiratory contact that happens, that may be how the virus is is spreading. And I think it's, it's unusual to see it kind of clustering with gay or bisexual men. I think it's not, 
I think it's it has actually probably something significant. It probably means that somebody got infected and it's now spreading within those those mm. groups. The way we see, for example, meningitis bacteria spread within gay and bisexual men, but not necessarily sexually, but because of the close contacts that happened. And I think this might be the key to unraveling the epidemiology of what's going on, why the spread is different than it has been before. It just might be exploiting the close contact in those networks. I must say, wow. I would be totally shell-shocked if I ended up laying down with somebody, <laughs> getting ill, going to my primary care physician, and them telling me, you got monkeypox. Yeah, I, I, I guess, <laughs> is there anything that we should, you know, that we've learned from COVID-19 that could help us prepare for not to have an outbreak so in a larger way? So this doesn't become a thing. Yeah. Well, I think the best thing to do is to be aware of symptoms. That if you have a fever and a rash, go see a doctor and, and, and see what you might have. And we're, we're always advising people with sexually transmitted infection risk to do that because you know, syphilis presents that way, too, with fever and a rash. So we want doctors and clinicians to think about monkeypox in people, and we want people to be aware of the symptoms of what this is. But it's not anything to panic about. This is something that will be contained. It's just a question now of unraveling you know, how, how much transmission is going on in the community that we don't know about. But once we know about it, we have countermeasures to deploy. It's not, it's not something that we're left without any tools. We have tools. We know how to do this. Well, thank you so much for joining us to break all that down and to calm our nerves because we needed that. Because if you're looking online, you're just seeing monkeypox information. That was Dr. Amesh Adalja, who is awesome, who always joins us for everything that we need to know in the medical world. Thanks so much for being here. So up next, we have to talk about Elon Musk because guess what? He just came out as a Republican. Shocking. Yeah. Let's talk about it up next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Okay, so let's talk about Elon Musk because the tech billionaire um, has come out in a brave way. And we're so happy to hear that he's so vulnerable with us. Right before Pride Month. You know, it's quite (laughs) just courageous and brave. He has come out. Um, As a Republican, he says he will be voting Republican during the next election cycle. The tech billionaire said that he's historically voted Democrat in the past, but now claims that Democrats were a party of division and hate. Has he been paying attention to what's going on? So he said, so I can no longer support them and will vote Republican. Now watch their dirty tricks uh, campaign against me unfold. Elon, Elon, no one cares, baby. Also, read the room. First of all, Elon, no one cares about you enough to be campaigning against you. First of all, let's start there. He's so annoying. Second of all, how dare... Like, it's this type of gaslighting stuff that drives me nuts. How dare you say that? Now, granted, the Democratic Party by no means is perfect. But you cannot say that this is the party of division and upheaval and all of whatever adjectives he used when the the Republicans got Lowen Bobart and Marjorie Taylor Greene and Madison Cawthorn and all of these other extremists. Which proves exactly what he's going to do if he moves forward in this acquisition of Twitter. He is going to be very pro-free speech, which means which well, free speech means I'm going I'm to let Republicans say whatever they yep. want to say with no consequence or accountability. And so I that's wanna... the problem here. And then the GOP account quote tweeted it saying, welcome to the party. Oh my God. He has 100 million followers and he said that BS to everyone that he's well, reaching. Remember when Will Butrin Electric was... Electric chair. Remember when Will 
Will Butrin was trending at the beginning of the month because he spoke out against Will Butrin and everybody's like, if you're on that medicine, follow yeah. your physician. Like, yeah. not Elon Musk's, you know, opinion because for all we know, he has investments in pharmaceutical companies and so he's trying to talk down on well, a medicine that has saved lives. That's also what's annoying to me is because people have, they put Elon Musk on such a high pedestal where if he tweets anything about stock-related things uh -huh. or he tweets anything about technology, it's like he's God at some point. And for me, it's really frustrating it's just because he's like one of, I mean, he's the richest man in the world. Do, do we have public record? I, I, If I'm not mistaken, who you vote for or what party you vote in is public record, is it not? Yeah. Because I don't believe him to be a Democrat, but I also believe that if he were lying, that would have come out by now. I just don't see someone, especially with how Democrats talk about, you know, tax cuts. I yeah. don't see him voting Democrat. I also have never pegged this man to be socially liberal. Liberal in any aspect, really. No, the, what he says and what he believes is just the worst. And the honestly, Twitter is a reflection of who who he claims to be, so... He can't be liberal if he's naming his He makes his me physically ill. Numbers and dots and periods. Well, that is that is pretty liberal thing oh, to do. I know, it's the worst. But that's the grime side. I'll say that's Grimes, not him. They both are extraterrestrial, if you ask me. <laughs> well, we have more coming up. Uh, up next, actually, we're playing a, a really good, juicy clip of this doctor who got this GOP congressman all the way together when he decided to ask her, what does what is a woman? Oh, God, are we having this question again? Here we go. Up next, Top of the Hour News. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Another hour, another sleigh, and we are still partying here on Channel Q with the, some of the best music I know you are jamming to all day and right now. And of course, let's go there with Sheeran Ryan's happening right now. And Sheeran is not here. She is out. She's out of town. But I have the one and only Sharjah Sell. Hello, hello, hello. How you doing? How you feeling? I'm great. I was just in here dancing to Moves Like Jagger, <laughs> practicing for in two weeks when you and I co-host the event. Please! <laughs> we have so much to do, and I had to start doing, like, I had to start drinking a ton of tea, because this week, I, like I said, I wasn't feeling well. You know when your body is just telling you, you yes. need to sit down somewhere? Yes. Well, I'm trying to tell my body right back, I don't have time to sit down, so leave me alone and don't fail me. Now, you know your body always wins. You yeah. know that, right? <laughs> So if you fall out, don't it's true. That. It's true. Well, coming up this hour, we have so much. NBC News is actually joining us to chat about their new piece about how black churches are getting involved to fight anti-LGBTQ laws happening in states across the country, which is quite interesting. Interesting. Uh, it's very because interesting. that is something that I am not used to hearing at all. Well, NBC News is joining us for that, and of course, uh, as the midterms have arrived, the misinformation on social media has began. Our platforms doing enough to combat it? Well, the Washington Post is joining us to talk about that as well. So expect that coming up all this hour. But first, let's get into uh, what's trending, what's happening top of the hour news. Uh, okay, so a doctor refused to let a Republican congressman derail a House Judiciary hearing by asking for a definition of the word woman. The hearing was held to look um, to address how the Supreme Court is probably going to overturn Roe v. Wade and end the federal right to an abortion in the U.S. And Dr. Yeshika Robinson, who provides abortions in Alabama and is on the board of directors of the Group Physicians for Reproductive Health, was called to testify about abortion access. 
But guess what? That didn't stop Representative Dan Republic, uh, Dan Bishop, who was a Republican in North Carolina, from trying to troll her and bringing her, uh, bringing up a random conservative grievance about the practice of sharing one's pronouns to help others um, avoid misgendering people. Here is that moment. Dr. Robinson, uh, I noticed in your written testimony, you, you said that you use she, her pronouns. You're a medical doctor. What's a woman? It's important for you to understand why I said I use she, her pronouns. Well, I, 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 I understand I, 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 that I'm explaining, I was explaining why I'm asking the question, but I just thought you could answer the question. What's a woman? I think it's important that we educate people like you about why we're doing the things that we do. And so the reason that I use she and her pronouns is because I understand that there are people who become pregnant that may not identify that way. And I think it is discriminatory to speak to people or to call them in such a way as they desire not to be called. Well, all right, Dr. Yashika, you did that. Work, sister. <laughs> Ryan, I suddenly want to watch that entire thing now. <laughs> yes. I want to watch that entire yes. queen. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I don't know. She did that. She did... Oh, my God, it was so good. I was just like, we have to play this moment. But people like you need to be educated. Yeah, educate people <laughs> like you. Now, students at a Cincinnati high school who taped blacks only and whites only signs over water fountains and posted pictures of the signs on social media will be disciplined. The district announced after the incident was broadcast by a local news station. Yes, this happened. The Northwest Local School District said officials were made aware of the racist incident at a Cole Rain High School on May 5th. The district started to investigate and learned that the signs over the water fountains were posted for about 30 seconds while the students responsible took photos. They then took the signs down and posted photos of their handiwork online. <laughs> I, I can't. I can't. Oh, Ohio. That's all I have to say is, oh, Ohio. Like, kids are the worst. <laughs> like, you, like, what? Who thought this would be funny? Well, you know, the kids have horrible and immature senses of humor. It's true. It's true. That is your top of the hour news. We have more coming up next hour. But first, let's get into T Report. Oh, my gosh. Michael Rappaport, who I'm not a fan of, is uh, guest co hosting the Wendy Williams show this week. And guess who he reunited with? Oh. Recently, Kenya Moore. Now, do you remember when oh. they had that nasty falling out on Watch What now, Happens? I Live? do remember that. Now, I if you do all, remember that. If y'all hadn't seen that, go down to the YouTube child because <laughs> Kenya read the eyes out of Michael Rappaport. Nevertheless, I guess they made amends and she was on the show earlier this week. And, uh, you know, Marlo Hampton, who just got her peach on Real Housewives of Atlanta, claims that Kenya Moore was jealous of her. And so when Rappaport asked Kenya about this, Kenya said, Jealous? I'm an icon. She's an ex-con. <gasps> Kenya! <laughs> Which sounds rehearsed, but it's oh, good. Oh, but that's a good read. It's, it's good. That's it's a good. good read. And so the audience, of course, gagged, and Kenya's like, why would I be jealous? And so the conversation, you know, then goes to unfold because Michael Rappaport is having all of the housewives there. This morning, Erica Jane was on. Oh, okay. So he's having all of the housewives on. Of but, course. you know, I'm really excited. Ryan, I have to get your opinion before we exit out of here. How are you feeling about this current season 14 of Housewives of Atlanta? You know, I'm actually enjoying it. I do not like Drew. I think she tries too hard. I'm loving Sheree. You don't feel bad for her? I feel bad for her. She's being gaslit, but then also it seems like she's loving it. 
No shade, yeah. So I don't know what to do with someone who's loving an awful situation that they're in. But for me, she's just trying a little too hard for this to be her second season, and she may also need to be worried about her own peach. Hello? Well, stick around, because coming up next, find out what boy bander recently stepped into some BS. Not, Not literally. I mean, he's a former boy bander. I'm not talking about the Harry Styles. This is an OG. <laughs> this is from when I was a kid, okay? All I got to say is bye, bye, bye. He posted something, and that's what the internet said to him. All right. Well, up next, we have NBC News joining us to talk about their latest, about black churches who are fighting anti-LGBTQ state laws. Find out more coming up next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan, Channel Q. You know, we got to talk about something serious coming up right now, but I just love that we're playing Doja Cat Woman. I can't get over it. It Every time we add new music to Channel Q, it just makes me very excited. Yeah, Doja Cat deserves to be in the rotation. She most definitely does, and so I just had to do a little shout-out to Brian, our program director, who, who put her in there. Hey, but anyway, Brian. let's have a really serious conversation uh, about the black church because it's quite interesting. NBC News reporter Kat Bellamy Walker has a great article right now uh, talking about black religious leaders and advocates are urging church members to signal support for the LGBTQ plus community as anti-LGBTQ legislation rises throughout the U.S. And as someone who is, I mean, we're both church kids. Yeah. This is shocking. And active in the church. Here. And so I'm, I think we should just go ahead and bring on uh, Tat Bellamy Walker, who is an NBC News reporter, to tell us more. Welcome to the show. Thanks for being back. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much uh, for having me. So, yeah, I think really the the core message um, that the advocates, you know, we're trying to get across at, at the panel is, um, you know, the importance of, of, of calling for, like, legislation, for federal legislation that protects both religious liberty and LGBTQ rights. I think that was definitely a core message um, during the panel and, like, um, you know, call, also calling for the passage of the Equality Act and denouncing the, the epidemic of, of violence facing black trans women. Uh, that was another uh, core message uh, during, during the panel. I'm wondering in what ways do you think that churches will show up? And, and is this, does this mean a new day for religion within black churches? Right. That's, that's definitely a good question. Um, one of the panelists, um, you know, they, you know, or many of the panelists, what they were saying is that through advocacy and, and through, um, like, speaking with different church members, really, um, you know, having these conversations is very important in, um, in changing, in, in, like, changing the, the, the narrative there. So that was really the first part that I, I saw with, like, speaking to people is, like, um, you know, having conversations to to change the narrative, and, and then also just having people uh, speak up uh, uh, about these uh, issues, yeah. uh, whether it's to their pastors or in their family. Uh, they're really encouraging um, members to be vocal, um, you know, about their support for LGBTQ rights, because yeah. uh, for many of them, you know, sometimes it's, you know, someone in your family or someone close by or, or a colleague, they're saying for people to really go you know, to their pastor or another member in the church and, and speak uh, out and, 
and and support and be and, and be more vocal. Well, I think what's at the core of a lot of these conversation is an understanding of what intersectionality is, right? Yeah. And I feel like that's the missing component to even uh, in in community for Black people to realize, like, oh, all of our identities are just who we are. It's not like we're stripping one off when we're entering into a room. So I wonder, is our advocates really working to help folks understand what intersectionality means in these spaces to help further the cause of, you know, helping them signal support for the LGBTQ plus community? Right. Yeah, that's definitely a, a, a good point. I mean, uh, one of the a- advocates, Taya Briggs, uh, a board president at Parity, like an organization that focuses on the intersection of faith and LGBTQ identity, you know, you know, their their whole work within the organization is based on um, developing conversations uh, that uh, help affirm and build connections between uh, non-LGBTQ people and LGBTQ uh, religious uh, communities and really bringing all sides uh, together. So there are definitely like people on on the ground that are like working on like uh, sharing their stories. Like uh, Briggs talked to me about like how you know she has she she shares her coming out story to you know to different members, uh, into different organizations, uh, different church, uh, you know, different churches. And, you know, and she says people are open to, like, listening and receiving, um, you know, what she's what she's saying and, you know, and her story. And, um, you know, she, uh, you know, in in her in her own words, she said the most important thing is is that, you know, these two aspects of someone's identity can live in the same place, you know, which is being queer and being a person of faith. Uh, You know, that was, you know, one of the, you know, last things that uh, she, she had mentioned to me. Well, I think what's really hopeful is that there are, um, you know, religious leaders and advocates, especially queer or trans religious leaders, black trans and queer religious leaders who are fighting to make sure there is space for everyone to be a part of these conversations when it intersects with religion and in yeah. our community. You all, know? Of, all of these systems of oppression are interlocking. Yeah. I say that till I'm blue in the face. Yeah. And we're not going to get anywhere until everyone understands that. Well, Tat Bellamy Walker, thank you so much for the work that you do. I love your beat, what you cover, because it's so, oh, so thank important. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And so thanks for being on the show. We we can't wait to have you back on soon. Hey, sounds good. Hey. All right. Well, we have more show coming up next. And actually, this one is all about the midterms and how misinformation has already started. What um, are, you know, civic groups calling for Facebook and other social media platforms to do ahead of everything? The Washington Post is joining us up next. Don't go anywhere. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. You know, and I love that. I wonder, uh, which is so random. The last time we were together, we had someone uh, someone listening who was yeah. a friend of yours. Yes, shout out to Danny. Danny Lozano. Yes, I wonder yes, if he's yes. listening today. I know we like we like keeping people company. Uh-huh. I love that. We're Honestly, our friends here. It's the best thing. I'm happy anytime y'all are still listening and tuned in. It's, it's just great that we can, you know, get to chat with you for a little bit. Oh, yes. All right, well, coming up this hour, we got some stuff to talk about. If you are a picky eater and you're an adult and not a child, guess what? This that this next conversation coming up later this hour is for you because there may be a way to stop it. And we have someone who wrote a very interesting article about being a picky eater as an adult and the advice that they are giving to help you put an end to it. That is coming up. And then we, of course... 
And Olympian is speaking out because she's tired of being teased for not having sex and being celibate. And I didn't even realize there was so much shame around that. And Shar and I are going to have a great conversation about it. It's shame either way the pendulum swings. That's true. Whether you're out it doesn't here, need to be. But I, I'm just saying, this is the patriarchy. Yeah. Patriarchy. Ding, 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 ding. Well, let's get into top of the hour news. Uh, You know, those headlines that you have missed out. But guess what? We got them right here. Um, Let's talk, unfortunately, about Senator Rand Paul. (laughs) He is calling for the Supreme Court to use a lie detector test to find the Roe v. Wade leaker. And honestly, why? Who interviews us anymore? Hear what he has to say. There are times when I think employment could ask for a lie detector test. This is a very important thing. If the Supreme Court holds it, I'd bring in the 12 people and I'd ask them all under under oath and with a lie detector test, did you leak this document? Because this shouldn't happen. And liberal or conservative, we don't want violence, right. but we also don't want somebody working at the Supreme Court who's a liar and who is dishonest. This is, and frankly, there are times. First of all, if he is suggesting this idea of doing a lot uh, a lie detector test and having employers implement that, imagine what they're going to do for those areas where they're trying to see if teachers are gay or not, doing lie detector lie detector tests and trying to figure it all out. I'm so sick of Rand Paul's Care Bear looking self. You you know, but I do love when he goes on the View and the girls get to, the women get him together. Yeah, they they be chewing. Yes, because he goes on there and just says whatever he thinks. I'm like who, Kentucky. What, what are you? Thinking. You saw Liz Cheney just came out and spoke out against white supremacy, and then when the vote came in, she like I was I was listening from the other yeah. room this morning. I just was like, I just I have so many questions, but I'm tired of the gaslighting, so I try to stay out of politics and just vote what I know to vote. Honestly, at this point, because <laughs> they're gaslighting us and insulting our intelligence, we see it right in front of our face. So there's this really fun story that from NBC News that I saw. Um, rather than returning the three hundred and sixty thousand dollars in COVID nineteen aid that his small town mistakenly wired to his personal bank account, Sho Tagachi gambled most of the money away online. <laughs> I can't even say that I'm mad. <laughs> I don't gamble, but I can't say that I'm mad. Yes, you I would have saved and invested that. I don't believe in throwing money away. Well, guess what? He's been arrested. He is 24 years old, oh. and he admitted after spend, uh, after admitting having spent most of the money that was intended as pandemic relief for low-income households. Uh, show This an, was sent to his account. Literally. I mean, they, the town messed okay. up, and they t- they sent it to his personal okay, account. Okay, so let me ask you this. It's a, mor- a question about morality. What would you have done? You know, we've had conversations about this when people find like thousands that or hundreds of thousands in a, in a Goodwill yeah. and then they return it. I'm... But see, guess what? I, I would think I'm... that I would keep it. But then when you keep it, well, that's when life turns into a movie and Liam Neeson shows up and has to save you. He had more than now enough the, now to, the, like, <laughs> to get out of town. Because now the drug lords are hot on your trail because they know you're the one with the, that found the duffel bag at Foot Locker. <laughs> That had ten thousand dollars in it. <laughs> so this person is an unemployed resident of the town of Abu in western Japan and is being held on suspension of computer fraud. Um, I it's not his fault. Even though he should have done something, he is twenty four years old. He thought he could gamble this money away. Like that's dumb. Are you stupid, sir? At least invest or move. What are you doing? Or move. There is so much more to life. 
Yeah, but he's 24, and so his choices are reflecting that. That's why he was down yeah. there gambling at child. But it sucks because those fu- the funds were COVID-19 subsidies that were deposited into his bank account in April. Each of the 463 low-income co- low households in Abu, which has a population of just 3,372, was supposed to receive so $780. What, what is the punishment for the person who was pressing the buttons and entering the numbers to send this to his account? Nothing was flagged in their system? Yeah, that's the thing. And it was April... We're in June. Yeah. Of Ooh. course he spent he spent that in two months. Some people are dumb. I listen, wow. really quickly, one of my cousins was telling me another one of their cousins got an a hundred thousand dollar settlement. Uh-huh. This is on the other side of the family. Because yeah. their grandmother died. The boy flew through it in eight months. What? A hundred thousand dollars. A hundred thousand yep. dollars? I'll tell you on break because I don't want to say it on air, but it's, it's it's of the same vein though. I could never. Yeah. I hope I'm a hundred thousand dollars in eight months. Oh my god, I have anxiety. Okay, let's go on to something lighter. Um, let's do some pop culture tea. Well, I don't know if this is necessarily lighter, but Lance Bass is getting chewed up. Well, maybe he deserves it. <laughs> oh, he definitely and I, does. I love Lance. We've I've interviewed him on the show, you know, I love we've him. Had you, great combos. You know he was the baritone in the group. I love Lance Bass. How are you doing? <laughs> um but nevertheless, Lance just deleted a TikTok. I don't know if you've seen this trend. I've seen a lot of white women do it. Mm-hmm. They're using a voiceover of Amber Heard testimony about how Johnny Depp uh, allegedly sexually assaulted her and they're using this as a TikTok sound and saying this is every woman's fantasy. Which is so gross the way it's literally misogyny and the patriarchy working back like I don't know who's in the wrong who's in the right maybe they're both wrong but the ways that people have been showing out when it comes to like villainizing Amber Heard. So much for the Me Too movement. I know, right? Nevertheless, the former NSYNC singer removed a clip after some users called him out for mocking the abuse of Amber Heard, allegedly suffering at the hands of, like I said, Johnny Depp. So some of the comments said, making fun of violence? This is funny to you? That's what one user wrote. I should mention Lance Bass is 43, and we all make mistakes, but come on, man. Read the room. Yeah. Read I mean, the room. 43 is someone else. old. Someone Not else. old, but like old enough to understand You old enough actions. to know better yeah someone else said this trial is about domestic violence emotional abuse and sexual assault and this is what lance bass is choosing to do and didn't he see that they chewed snl up for doing like making a joke and making light of the the trial like what is they even chewed drew barrymore okay this is the most uh scathing comment that i'm seeing someone said karma is going to get you for this maybe it already has since you're not booked and busy Well, he was. He did an exclusive on, uh, I think he's doing an exclusive on Good Morning America tomorrow. Uh, yeah, about his arthritis. <laughs> <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> we're not laughing. <laughs> we're not laughing about his arthritis, but that's what the exclusive is about. He's talking about, I think he has, what's the? What, the AARP? I had like, no clue. That was about his arthritis. I just saw him on the TV screen. They yes, were saying it was an exclusive. He got diagnosed with something like rosacea arthritis. Oh, wow. That's so serious. he'll be talking about that, that on That caught me off guard. I, I promise I'm not laughing at the fact that <laughs> You know what? That's your T-report. We have... Stick around, because next hour we're talking about Viola Davis. Yes, we are. And up next, we're talking about... Big being a picky eater and it's not just for children find out more <laughs> let's go there with shira and ryan channel q being a picky eater isn't just for children adults can be one too and if you're one of them there may be a way to stop it joining us to break this down further is freelance journalist who will soon be starting a fellowship at the new york times susan shane thanks so much for being here we appreciate having you on the show 
Yeah, thanks for having me, Ryan. So uh, I find it to be hilarious because we actually, Shar and I actually have a friend who is a very picky eater. Like literally only eats chicken nuggets. Extremely picky. (laughs) And he's a grown man. But according to your article, you spoke to someone who actually sought out therapy for this issue. Can being a picky eater be diagnosed as a disorder? Well, it's a very, very particular type of picky eating. So, you know, from the experts I talked to for this story, about 30% of people, 30% of adults identify as picky eaters. But then there's a very much smaller um, percentage, around maybe 03 to 3% of people who have something called ARFID, which is Avoidant Restrictive Food Intake Disorder. And that is a disorder that was recently added to the DSM, like, I think a few years ago. And... Um, People with ARFID eat usually fewer than 20 foods, and so that's mostly carbs and dairy. Um, So, yes, if you're eating fewer than 20 foods, there's a chance that you might be diagnosed with ARFID. That is so wild wow. to me. You know, my mom always jokes because I was not a picky eater. I was eating Supreme Pizza at three years old. <laughs> I'm talking about the olives and the mushrooms and all of that. <laughs> so how many people would you say uh, does ARFID affect um, they don't really know because it's a fairly new diagnosis. So there's um, there's some varying estimates. So and anywhere from 0.3 to 3% of the population oh, is what they're wow. estimating. Wow. I mean, and that's so insane. You also said in your article, evolution plays a big part in why people are uh, picky eaters. What did you mean by that? Yeah, so that is kind of a big myth that I wanted to dispel with the story. It's a lot of people think, oh, if you're a picky eater, that your parents must have just like been really lax on you and let you eat whatever you want. But from the experts that I spoke to, it seems like it's really more a matter of nature rather than nurture. So um, we evolved as omnivores to be picky eaters because we evolved to reject unfamiliar food because it could poison us. So um, that is why most kids or everybody actually reaches their height of pickiness around two years old, because that's around the time that we're able to wander around and pick up things and and eat things that we shouldn't. So we're we're primed to reject unfamiliar foods. Um, And then we all phase out of that peak picky phase a little bit around age five or six. You know, it's so funny. I have a close friend of mine speaking to the psychology tip of this. She cannot even walk down the produce section. She says even looking at fruits and vegetables freaks her out. What? Yeah, you know her too. I'll tell you about it later. But she only eats like carbs and a whole bunch of other stuff. And I'm wondering, speaking to the evolution piece, like, for example, there were certain things I didn't like as child in childhood. But by the time I entered my preteens, you know, or adulthood, I'm like, oh, this is pretty good. So how should non-picky eaters deal with the people who are super picky? in our lives because they are so annoying oh my god you, you, got, you a gotta really hunt for a restaurant you gotta really hunt to make sure that they got the chicken nuggets on the on the menu yeah i mean i think that the experts that i spoke to would definitely say you know to approach it with empathy so i think that that is a big thing because i i'm not a picky eater either but i do have some friends who are very picky and that's kind of what got me interested in writing about this um and i think that it's a good thing to remember is that even if it seems like they're just saying like, oh, I don't want to, I don't want that. And like, they can choose a lot of times, like uh, just the way that we've evolved as omnivores, like they can't really just get over it. They can't just really like tell themselves to eat it. Um, So, I mean, you could send them my article um, because it does talk about (laughs) basically exposure therapy is kind of really the only way that you can 
get yourself out of being a picky eater if you want to. And I think that's important to say too. Like some people are very happy being picky eaters and like, that's fine too. Um, But if somebody wants to expand their palate, which um, I actually, the story is inspired by my neighbor who she decided that she was sick of only eating a few foods and she purposely tried to um, expand her diet. So it is possible. Yeah. And I'm wondering, especially if someone is only intaking like carbs and dairy, does Ugh. that not have any dietary kind of effects on their body over time? It like, has to. I, I, especially if you're not getting like any nutrition's really out of that. Yeah, for sure. If we're, ta- I was speaking about like general pickiness, but if we're talking about like somebody with ARFID who's really only eating, you know, a handful of foods, um, there yeah. are definite nutritional issues with that. Um, and I think that um, the experts I spoke to might say that people like that are welcome to seek help. Um, and the other thing with ARFID and even with picky eating is that can be very socially isolating too. Like you said, like some people may just not want to bother trying to find a restaurant um, that will, that they'll eat at, you know? So, um, so for those reasons that those are the reasons that a lot of people do end up seeking help if they, if they do feel like they have ARFID is because of the nutritional deficiencies or because of the social isolation piece. Well, well speaking yeah. of the nutritional deficiencies, because really quickly, we got to get up out of here. Ryan, our mutual friend who's extremely picky, he now takes supplements and he's not opposed to having like smoothies and juices and things like that. Oh, mm-hmm. So he won't eat the sense. kale. But if the kale is mixed into like a mango With some pineapple, smoothie, yeah, yeah. He'll, he'll drink it. And so I guess still get the the nutrients that he needs to be a fully functioning adult. Wow, Susan, I know you said we're going to move in empathy, but you know, I'm in therapy and I don't know (laughs) if I have enough patience for that. Thank you so much for joining the show. We really, truly appreciate it. Congratulations on your fellowship that you're starting at the New York Times. Oh, thank you both so much. Yeah, it was a pleasure. And if you want to check out this article, it's over at the Washington Post. Susan Shane is a freelance journalist and we hope to have you back on soon. Sounds great. All right, so coming up next, we have more to get into because uh, one Olympian is speaking out after being teased for being celibate. Why is there so much shame around not Mm. having sex? Well, we're getting into it after this. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan, Channel Q. So there is an Olympian who basically is, her name is Lolo Jones. I don't know who she is. I remember her. I think she did Celebrity Big Brother or one of those competition shows, maybe an apprentice back Uh, in the day. Maybe. But I just remember her getting on my nerves. I can't remember what she did, (laughs) but I remember rolling my eyes at the screen. Well, she's an Olympic hurdler and bobsledder, and she posted a note to her Instagram explaining that men constantly tease her about her decision to abstain from sex until marriage. Jones also revealed she recently cut ties with a man she had recently been, quote, talking to for eight months. She said, tonight I blocked the guy I was talking to for eight months. My heart just couldn't take it anymore. He gave me so many mixed signals. He would he would talk about marriage and kids and keep me in the uh, Woo, friend zone. He would never make time to see me. My heart is so heavy. <laughs> you need to put a trigger warning before you read so some sorry. stuff like that. She went on to say that she is so exhausted by her dating life and has prayed for years with many tears for God, please allow me to find my husband. Girl, same. And so, <laughs> and so she said, I got teased all the time because I won't have premarital sex. Guys will direct message me that I'm owed, I'm washed up, and I should just put out already. So I'm just crying. Where are you, God? You're... And she goes into a whole biblical yeah, that, thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, I didn't realize there was still so much shame around being celibate. Well, she's, you know, she's a Puritan, you know. <laughs> Um, what I find an evangelical. <laughs> what I find so crazy about this is women in particular can't win for losing. 
So you abstain and don't have sex because you don't want to have sex until you're married and you get dragged. Yeah. But then if you out here having sex, yeah. you also get dragged. So that's it's just true. like, you know, stick to your guns. If she does not want to have sex, that's her personal choice. But it does seem like if she's being teased, do these men think that they have a chance with her? Well, and that's the thing. Are you going to bully her into having sex, being like, all right, cool. Do you want to have sex? You you say that as if it's uncommon. Well, I mean, that's the thing. Like, I'm like, <laughs> I'm trying to figure out what the game plan here is and on those guys who are like DMing her, telling her these things. Is it just going to flip a switch for, for her will, and be like, oh, yeah, of course. I will uh, say, I do believe that every woman needs to live life if you know what I mean <laughs> and there's something to be said about her being 39 yeah and, not, and that's not even like old it's not but 39 is you know I call 40 the halfway mark but that sounds like something Cam, Kevin Samuels was telling like all these well, guys well I'm not saying that she's old and washed up I'm oh, just yeah. saying I wish she would have lived darling well honestly that's the thing because I, I've always looked at like if you know people who are celibate they always lose for me I interpret it as you lose the opportunity to find out what your body likes yeah. and what they people what who you wait need. till marriage yeah, and then when you get, get into marriage you realize that sex is actually a huge part of compatibility yes it is and it's like if you don't know your own body how are you able to tell your partner or how are you able to explore what you really want to have done to yourself I actually feel bad for a lot of people That's like this wild. because marriage isn't like the prize I want people to free, free themselves of that concept like what in the Amish it's just a legally binding contract Ew. that's that you hope comes with the side Who's of love. Gonna, he's gonna, this man that you're praying for, girl, all your Olympic money, as soon as y'all divorce, he's gonna ask for half of everything you earn. Well, aside from that, we only see these narratives really with women, and yeah. that's what pisses me off. You don't really see men talking about, I'm holding out till I get married, ever. It's yeah. always women. And so I just want better for her, but you know what, Lolo Jones, if you wanna keep it locked up until you find Mr. Right, then so be it, but trust It does me. seem like she, here's the thing, though, it does seem like, I want to say, I want to offer some therapy for her possibly because she said uh, she almost chugged a bottle of alcohol to lessen the pain after feeling emotionally exhausted over her love life. And for me... Girl, I've been there, child. <laughs> I've been there. Girl, you want to have a sister circle, Lolo Jones? Give me a call because you are speaking my language. <laughs> no, but like it does really seem like... She unfortunately, because of this process of her being celibate, it doesn't really seem like it's helping her any. It feels like it's only triggering her like her own insecurities and About the worth worthiness yeah. and, and her value. And so I'm like, how much is it? How much are you really going to continue to do this if it's not really helping you and it's not become healthy. a better person? It's not healthy. And I mean, the guy that she was talking to, I guess, who she had to block, that's eight months Ooh. of... And if, for someone who's eight sexually months. active, if I got with the guy who was celibate, that would be really hard for me, especially if I'm not looking for marriage, which right now I'm not really looking for marriage. And the crazy thing is, if you're... if Let's be honest here. Let's have a real conversation. Because it's crazy. Because it, even though she... If you look at her, society... I mean, society tells you she is... I, I don't. I don't think she's black, but our, no, she is. She's biracial. Is she, is she biracial? Yeah. Okay, because I didn't know if her tan was just a little dark. But she's light skinned She has blonde hair. She, you know, her face she's is very beautiful. Vanessa Williams, Nicole, yeah, Ari Parker. she's everything that society would say that she is a perfect match to find a companion. Yeah, but if they're in it for the wrong reasons, and also, like I said, eight months for someone who is sexually active, which I'm assuming most of these men are, um, asking them to be celibate, yeah. like, and it's one of those things. And you can't, like, you. It's 
not a. My thing is, it's also not like you can. Uh, what's the what's that show I just watched where they the you, ultimatum? Yeah, you can't give people the ultimate well, like also, an ultimatum. Also, like you were saying, like know your body. Like these men aren't also trying to marry you and then have sex with you. What if they don't enjoy sex with you? Literally. So it's, it's, it's well, it's, I see. I didn't even think about that because I feel like a, a lot of cishet men don't know how to have sex. They don't. <laughs> I've talked to so my it's girls. Like, who even cares? Like what they're thinking? I've talked to my girls. So yeah, they don't. But this is this is a tough situation to be in. And I hope, <sighs> like you said, therapy. I hope she yeah. finds some resolution because it seems like she's circling the drain right now. And and the answers will not be yeah. found in the bottom of a bottle, sister. It's very true. Well, we have more show coming up because we actually have to talk. I have been saving things to literally talk to you about. Okay. Have you seen that video that Lyft driver that had those racist passengers? Of course I did. Oh, we're talking about that up next. You will not want to miss this. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. A video of a Lyft driver in Pennsylvania standing up to a racist customer has gone viral. Actually, racist customers. It's plural. They were both very racist. This video shows a white woman getting in the back of a Lyft driver of uh, his name is James Bode's uh, car. And um, you know what? I'm just going to play the clip because I think the clip speaks for itself. It's pretty wild. Buckle up. Here we go. Hello. For Jackie, right? How are you? Yeah, you're like a white guy. What's that? You're like a normal guy. Like you speak English? Sorry. Sorry. No, you can get out of the car. I'm going to cancel a ride. That's inappropriate. What? It's completely inappropriate. If somebody was not white sitting in the seat, that's okay. I'm not going to take the ride. You guys can get out. Really? Yeah. Completely inappropriate. Oh, you're a It's all on you're camera, man. It's all on I camera. I punch you in the face. You're going to threaten me? Yeah. It's all. Yeah. Wow. Because you guys are racist. No, no, I'm calling the cops on you, man. It's all on camera. It's all on camera. Do you guys own the place? Is it your place? That's great. Everyone's going to know. Well, um, <laughs> that moment. Yeah. That these, these moment. These people own a bar we should mention. Wow. In upstate. This is upstate New York, correct? Yeah, this is, uh, well, this is, uh, this, I guess the place is called Fossil's Last Stand in Catawasqua. I don't know where this Catawampus. is. Catawampus. <laughs> Literally Catawampus. Because, oh, it's, actually it was in Pennsylvania, yes. Oh, Pennsylvania, And okay. so it's just wild to me that, I mean, these folks, I don't know if they were drunk, but they most definitely got in and was like, oh, maybe they saw the Lyft driver's profile picture uh-huh. and was like, oh, I want this guy. You know, there are yeah. the racism's already boiling up. Yeah. Whatever. Maybe that lady took whatever um, Roseanne Barr took. An ambient. Yeah, and it just cued the racism. What's why? <laughs> Shout out to Valerie Jarrett. You didn't. You didn't deserve that, sis. You did not deserve that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! But shout out to allyship because this is what we're talking about. Right. He kicked these, them right out of the car. These people thought it was a safe space. She got in the car and thought it was sweet. It most definitely she was. She thought not. it was real sweet. It most definitely was. And he was got not. them together. I should mention that the the man, the angry man who also owns that bar, called this Lyft driver whose name is James, called him an N word lover. Yeah. So this is this is did. where we are, folks. This is where I keep trying to tell people. This is how I push back when people are like, "Just get over it. Get over it." Like I'll never get over when My, things are happening in Buffalo and, and, and they're happening in a, real time everywhere and I always like to remind people my parents were, were in the Jim Crow South yes my mother was it so it's not too far removed and yeah. we still see these things every day it's just yeah. disgusting and I want people to just 
get over their racism. How about that? If only it was that simple. Well, we have more show coming up. Don't go anywhere. Top of the hour news is up next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. All right, we are back another hour, of course, and the party is literally still going, and I'm still so happy to have Charge Cell here with me. Oh, yes. And, of course, uh, Shira Lazar is out, but we'll be back next week. Stick around for her, of course. I don't, honestly, Char asked me what she was doing, and I don't know, but I know she's I having a wonderful time. I can't keep up with that girl. <laughs> You can't keep up with both of us, in all honesty. We're all out here just, the you know, working is, and working. The difference is, I know what you be doing. That's true. That's true. That's true. <laughs> That's the difference. I can't keep oh up with Miss Lazar. Well, what's coming up this hour? We have uh, black churches are uniting to fight against anti-LGBTQ state laws. Hallelujah. NBC News is joining us to break all of that down It's and enlightening us. And, of course, how to stay protected from monkeypox. Who wants that? Because apparently... It's plaguing, uh, in Europe, it's plaguing gay and bisexual men. Now, why are y'all in it? Well, I'm queer, so I'm not in it. <laughs> 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 Let's go into top of the hour news, um, because we have a lot to get to. So as health officials are warning of a rise of COVID-19 infection and hospitalizations, the mayor of New York said the city would not reinstate mask mandates at this time. Mayor Eric Adams said, I'm proud of what we are doing and how we are not allowing COVID to outsmart us during a press conference. Um, And after he was asked about reinstating a mandate specifically in the city schools, he said, we're staying prepared and not panicking. And to defend his stance, he basically said that um, he cites it to what he said were stable hospitalization numbers and deaths across the city, as well as COVID-19 testings in schools. So he doesn't care about masks no longer, which is absolutely annoying to hear. Yeah, because COVID has not gone anywhere. I know you all get roll your eyes when I say it, but listen, even I'm numb to it. I'm out in these streets. Literally. Um, This next clip, though, is my favorite. A doctor refused to let a Republican congressman derail a House Judiciary hearing by asking for a a definition of the word woman. The hearing was held to look um, to address how the Supreme Court is probably going to overturn Roe v. Wade. Um, But Dr. Yeshika Robertson, who provides abortions in Alabama and is on the board of directors of the group Physicians for Reproductive Health, was called to testify about abortion access. And Representative Dan Bishop got his bum uh, handed to him trying to troll her and his bring bum? up. Yeah, because I didn't want to say ass. <laughs> I said, you know, why not? Keeping it, it's a family show. Welcome to the PBS special <laughs> presented a, by Ryan. It's a Mitchell. family show. <laughs> um, but he got his uh, bum handed to him trying to troll her and bringing up a random conservative grievance. Here is the moment. Dr. Robinson, uh, I noticed in your written testimony, you, you said that you use she, her pronouns. You're a medical doctor. What's a woman? It's important for you to understand why I said I use she, her pronouns. Well, I, 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 I understand I, 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 that there I'm explaining, are people... I was explaining why I'm asking the question, but I'd just like you to get an answer to the question. What's a woman? I think it's important that we educate people like you about why we're doing the things that we do. And so the reason that I use she and her pronouns is because I understand that there are people who become pregnant that may not identify that way. And I think it is discriminatory to speak to people or to call them in such a way as they desire not to be called. Thanks for- and that 
that's on period. Thank you so much, Dr. Yeshika Robinson. So condescending. We appreciate you and the work that you're, you're doing. You're a medical doctor. What the woman? And that's it for your top of the hour news. Um, what is happening in the Tea Report? I must say, you know, I just got back from your hometown in Nashville. Hey, Nashville. And while I was on the plane there and back, I finished Viola Davis's memoir, Finding Me, and I recommend it to everyone. It is really a story about overcoming things, love, loss, just a whole bunch of stuff. It's a great story. Great, yeah. great, great story. It's her autobiography. But nevertheless, Viola Davis is in the headlines today because she joined Variety down at the Cannes Film Festival for a powerful women in motion conversation in which she revealed that a director once called her by his maid's name. <laughs> it's a true story. The Viola Davis. Now, the when was Viola this? Davis. When did this happen? Like, was this the beginning of her career? Well, or like when she was the Viola Davis? Well, hold on now because the Oscar and Emmy Award winning actor was talking about how Hollywood's perception of black actors and 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 the amount of roles that she remains to play is limited because of her skin color, even with her A-list stature, which I do agree when Ridiculous. you read her book, yeah. you'll see. But this is what she had to say. She said, I had a director who did that to me. He said, Louise, I knew him for 10 years and he called me Louise. And I find out... Louise? I find out that it's because his maid's name is Louise. I was maybe around 30 at the time. So this was around the beginning of her career when yeah, we got to know her around yeah. the doubt time. Yeah. So it was a while ago, but what you have to realize is that those microaggressions happen all the time. <sighs> she is absolutely right. But could you imagine? Like, what in the help? Now, in the help, you know she was Abilene. <laughs> Shout out to the help. Because what a cast. Wow, what a cast. But could you imagine? You and I talk about microaggressions I mean, all the time. the we, stories we have. There is not a day that goes by in some capacity that we don't deal with microaggressions. I mean, the stories you have. Oh, 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 oh it'll be in the book. It'll be in the book. I told you I'm going to hand my journals to a publisher and just lay it on his desk and say, figure it out. It's in chronological oh order. God. Well, that's your T-Report. You can check out more of everything that we've covered here from headlines to T-Reports over at WeAreChannelQ.com. Now, up next, we have to talk about these um, these amazing black churches, religious leaders, and advocates who are uniting to fight against anti-LGBTQ state laws. Um, it's really, honestly, it's hopeful. So we have more coming up with NBC News. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. It's time for my favorite part of the show. It's the what? Yes, queen. It's the moment where we love to highlight and end the show on some just goodness, you know, and some things that we see that are impacting the world or just really, you know, pride related. And this one actually goes out to the uh, Britain's Royal Mint. They unveiled a special new uh commemorative rainbow-colored 50-pence coin on Wednesday as a tribute to celebrate the 50th anniversary of the Pride UK movement. The coin was designed by East London artist and LGBTQ activist Dominique Holmes and um, basically uses state-of-the-art tech, uh, printing technology to emboss it with the colors of the Pride Progress flag. So that means that, you know, the Pride Progress flag just means they added the black people in it. Yeah, they added the pink, the white, the blue, the brown, and the black stripe. And, and I mean, I guess what? Shout out to capitalism? Like, what is this doing? But you know what? Nevertheless, yes, Queen. That'd be like if the United States redesigned the quarter and gave us a, a progressive Pride flag quarter. Yeah. Yes, it would be a collector's item, but like... Yeah, I mean, I 
kind of want one just for the collector's item. It's kind of cute. The Are coin- you a collector of coins? No. All right. Well, it's just cute to have. The coin honors the anniversary of the first official Pride UK event in 1972 and is the first to be dedicated to Britain's LGBTQ plus community. And the coin is about 62 cents. It will not enter circulation, but will be available. 62 cents. To purchase online. Is that the value of That's the coin? That's the value of it. 50 well, pence equals 62 cents here. Why, why, why not just sixty cents? I, Sixty-two is very specific. That would throw all my math off. <laughs> Sixty-two cents? What? Oh, I mean, but the guy that collected—if this is a picture of him—he's very cute. Yeah, he, he looks is. like uh, Tan France. Is that the guy's name? From Queer Eye? Yeah, exactly. That's him. That's, that's what I thought it was when I first pulled this up. Well, you know what? Shout out to this, no matter what. You get a yes, Queen. Yeah. And that's it for our show. Thanks so much for being here. I hope you enjoyed every single thing we talked about. And of course, if you miss anything, head over to WeAreChannelQ.com where you can find all of our show in podcast form. I mean, from the beginning to where we are now, you should be listening to every episode. Why not? I would do it. I would go back and listen to every episode to see how we changed, what oh, our yes. thoughts were. The evolution you of know, the show. It would be juice. And then of course you would you would hear Shar Jassel's first appearance on Let's Go There. I should have marked I, I know that's somewhere in my journals. You know I gotta go back and find that date. <laughs> I know that's somewhere in my journals because I'd love to go back and hear my first appearance you know? when I was on my training wheels. Well, Shar, thank you so much for being here. You'll be back tomorrow, of course, right? Yes, and tomorrow's going to be a very interesting show uh, uh, for me personally and you okay. as we lead into Pride Month. Yeah, we, we got, got we, we got to have some things to talk about, oh, huh? Yeah. Oh, yes. All right. Well, get ready for that. And, of course, keep us followed at LGT Show everywhere, at Char Says So, and at The Slay God as well. And, honey, remember to slay and have a beautiful day. I love us for real. And uh, uh, stick around for Dr. Chris. Loveline is up next. Don't go anywhere. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on What's in Your Podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. 
Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.